Welcome back to another episode of CCW Insider, where you hear about the matches and stories of wrestling's last territory, Coastal Championship Wrestling. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to mention that despite saying that we'll have Ariel Levy on the show for the past couple of weeks, he seems to have taken a major turn, dropping the tag titles, turning on his partner Venetius, and then attacking him. So we'll keep following the story in the coming weeks and see if we can get Ariel to break his silence and come on the show. But as for this episode, episode number seven, I'll be talking with Anna Diaz. She is both a wrestler and the co-host of Fangin' and Bangin' with Gangrel. So she's a fairly busy lady. Diaz talks about her athletic background that kicked off when she was very young. And she also talks about her battles with epilepsy. Anna will be facing Valentina Rossi this Saturday in Pompano Beach, Florida for CCW Breakout 12. Tickets are available at Coastal Championship Wrestling FL.com. This is a great interview with Anna Diaz, and it's coming up right now. I am talking with CCW wrestler and co-host of Fangin' and Bangin' with Gangrel. She is facing Valentina Rossi at this weekend's CCW Breakout 12. I am talking with Anna Diaz. Anna, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I've, I've heard so much and like seen like promoting the CCW podcast and stuff, and I'm just like, I'm a part of it right now. You are. <laughs> you, are a, you are a big part of it right now. <laughs> so. so there's so there's so much to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about Valentina Rossi. I want to talk about your journey at, uh, to become a wrestler. But before we get into all of that, I, I know you grew up a wrestling fan, but I want to talk about your other athletic pursuits. So talk about being a competitive, a competitive athlete from a young age and, you know, what you were into and, and how that went. Yeah. So I started, uh, I actually started gymnastics at the age of three and obviously I did not do a competitive then, but I just kept that I kept with and, um, I got to the level where you can do it competitively. And I did that for a little bit. Uh, While I was doing that, I was also doing karate. So I did karate for like, for a little bit, not too long. Um, And then I had to quit karate to pursue gymnastics at a competitive level. Um, I did that pretty much my entire life, like my whole childhood, I did that. And after that, like with schedules being like a little funky and the class that I was going to didn't work out with school at the time. So I was starting middle school and I saw, oh, they have a cheerleading program. And I'm like, hmm, I am really not the girl to ever do cheerleading. (laughs) (laughs) But I figured, hey, they do, they t- they tumble, which is what I like to do. So I, I started doing that for like two years. And I mean, here I am, a professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> so so how old were you when you were doing the competitive uh, gymnast stuff? Because it sounds like you were still pretty young. Yeah, I was, I'd say, hmm, from the, I'd say from like the age of 12 to 12 to 15 maybe or okay. yeah 12 to 15 sounds about right and what did that look like was there a lot of travel or was it uh, there maybe... were 
there were a couple of travels. Most were most were local. I don't remember all of it, but I remember once for like a bigger competition, um, we did travel to Texas, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but for gymnastics, I think everything was pretty much local, but I, that was the one that we did travel for. Gotcha. Yeah. And then so, so it's it's funny you you were like. Oh, I did some. I did gym, gymnastics, and I did cheer, and then I and, and then I'm a wrestler. So, <laughs> how do you think those athletic skills and pursuits prepared you for wrestling? Oh, they definitely helped. I cannot tell you how much they helped. <laughs> uh, well, I actually I left one out. I did MMA for a couple months before wrestling, just because I couldn't find a school close enough, but. I the one the one sport that helped the most with wrestling is definitely gymnastics, <laughs> because <laughs> like our warm ups in in wrestling are rolls and all that stuff, and like I picked those up like that because I was already so used to rolling and kind of flipping and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I would think that wrestling. Uh, would be really good Gym, gymnastics. I would think it'd be really flexible, and I would think that would be really useful. <laughs> yeah, no, not as flexible as I used to be, but <laughs> wrestling has kind of stiffened me up a little bit. But I that definitely it. helped as well. Yeah. So I know you were also a fan of wrestling growing up. So while you were doing all these other things, uh, what are some of your earliest memories of of wrestling? Who are some of your favorites? Uh, I was always a fan of Mickey James. That's like whenever somebody asks my, my favorite wrestler, like, I don't know if I'd put her as my favorite, but she's definitely up there. Because before before I started watching like WWE, I, what I would watch is TNA, which is Impact now, mm-hmm. but it was TNA at the time. And like, I would watch a lot of Mickey James, AJ Styles, um, yeah, uh, Gail Kim as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always, I always enjoyed the enjoyed the knockout matches. Sure. And like, I remember that because my dad and brother watched it, which is the main reason I watched it. If there mm-hmm. was a pay per view that day, I would literally spend the entire day just watching, like on the channel that it's gonna be on, watching like the previews and like mm-hmm. the, the like telling the story of like their feud and stuff. I would just watch it on on replay and replay. Like the entire day until it came on. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, Mickey James is, is is such a great figure in wrestling, especially when you consider she's she's having such a renaissance right now. In the sense yeah. that she was she she had signed with with WWE. You know, she came back to WWE and and they kind of put her on the shelf for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And when she got released, man, she just hit the ground running, and she was everywhere, and she has been everywhere. So yeah. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. And I, I wonder if um, you have any thoughts about like, what, what do you think her, the, the story behind her longevity is because she has had a long career. She just keeps going. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know her age and like, but yeah, no, she just keeps going. And like, it's kind of, it's kind of stupid in my opinion that WWE didn't really use her like as well as they really, really could have. Sure. But um. I don't know. She does. She still wrestles. She's in a bigger promotion as well. And plus she has like, she's like a uh, country singer too. And does all like 
all of her concerts and all that. So it's like, it's like Dave. I don't know how he keeps going with like all these things, keeps on doing shows, but I have, I have no idea how they do it. I guess they're just, they're just trained to keep going and keep going. Yeah. Well, figure it out now so that you, you know, 25 years right? from now, <laughs> you can be in the same position. <laughs> so talk about the, the becoming a wrestler. So when did you first know that that's what you want? You wanted to do that. So I was basically just in my room watching TNA over and over and over again, like anything I could find on YouTube. Um, and then I started researching wrestling schools. And then one day, like super scared, I went to my mom and then I was like kind of crying because like I, I was just I was, I was always scared to tell her anything because I, I was pretty I was a pretty shy kid. Um, but I went to her and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I, I want to do something. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm just like, I want to start wrestling <laughs> and her like being the amazing mother she is. Like, she was like, okay, let's find a school. Like she had no problem okay. with it. Um, and then I started at the main event training center and mind you, I lived in Miami at the time. So it was not a close drive because they were in Fort Lauderdale. But every every night practice, uh, Monday through, through Thursdays, she would, after work, she would drive me all the way there, stay for practices. Um, How old were you at this time? At this time, oof, I was, I just turned 15. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so young. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm I'm grateful that they even like accepted me to start wrestling. <laughs> Cause yeah. some schools like you have to be a certain age. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I started there and once a gang girl would come and help out, mm -hmm. but he opened it once he opened his own school, I was like, I'm gonna go with this guy. Like because sure. he was the one that would help out the most. Um and yeah, just I trained with him for I've been training with him for over over six years and if it wasn't for his training I wouldn't be the wrestler that I am today like it's crazy stuff like yeah it's it's funny when you were you mentioned like Fort Lauderdale it's not close it's when I think people have a huge misconception about Florida right because Miami and Fort Lauderdale are what 20 miles apart but like during traffic time, that's hours yeah. And hours. Oh my yes, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you you anticipated one of my questions. I was going to ask, you know, how is it working with Gangrel, and what did your what did your parents think when you were when you brought that to them? So you, you knocked those questions out. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a story about that though, because uh, I was still at the main main event training center, and. Mm -hmm. Gang girl was just just kind of sitting there watching class, and my mom goes to my dad, and he's like, she says, "Who is that guy?" Because like by his presence, you know he's somebody. Like right. just by the tattoos, his build, like just just his presence. Um, and he's like, "That's gang girl." Like, and then and if hit her, she's like, "Oh." <laughs> but no, training with him, it's, I, I hated seeing his pickup truck every time that 
I went to practice. Like I was, I was hoping that I did not see it <laughs> because the training just like, it goes to another, it goes oh. to another level, but which at the end of the day is, is what saved me and what made me who I am. Like many, many days, just like running to the bathroom and crying and then coming out, like trying to act all okay. But it's, it's made me stronger in the long run, in the long run. It's a funny uh, idiosyncrasy there because what you said before was you were going to stick it, stick with Gangrel because you know he had helped you so much. But at the same time, you also are approaching training. You're like, oh no, he's here. <laughs> so it's like uh, yeah, you had the no, foresight would... to know that the pain was worth it. It was pain. yeah, no, everything uh, like because all this training is just it's just so intense. The way he he nitpicks on every little thing to get it right. He's uh, very focused on footwork and stamina. Uh, so we would do like a bunch of blow up drills and squats before we even like got in the ring. So yeah, I mean, it was painful, but it was definitely worth it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, this guy's teaching me stuff. I'm going to stick with him. <laughs> I always hear people say, you know, uh, you know, if you watch documentaries or whatever, they talk about they do squats after squat after squat. What is it about squats you think that's like the the, the preparation? That's a good question. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think it's just to get. So, one theory behind it that Dave uses sometimes, that Game Girl uses sometimes, is that like just to get you tired before you get in the ring. Because what happens with a lot of the students that I see uh, coming in new is that if they're if they're if they're not tired yet they're they still have time to think before they do anything and so, like yeah you want to know what you're doing but at the same time if you overthink it it's it's gonna come out you're gonna get in your head come out wrong so i think the squats i don't know why that exercise specifically just because they suck maybe yeah but at least it's not but a I, <laughs> yeah oh i hate those too but like, but squats, push-ups, jumping jacks, I think all of that is just one, to warm up and two, to get them tired so they can't think as much. So they just act. They just act. Yeah. All right. We're about halfway through the interview with Anna Diaz, and there are a few major takeaways. She started training at the age of 15, at the young age of 15. Holy smokes. That is young. I also love that when I asked Anna about her favorite wrestlers, she said Mickey James. She didn't say The Rock. She didn't say John Cena. She said Mickey might not have been her favorite, but you'll notice Mickey is the only name that she mentioned in the conversation. And that says something about Mickey James and potentially about the type of wrestler that Anna Diaz may want to be. Okay. I also mentioned in the intro that Anna spoke candidly about her experiences with epilepsy. That part of the interview is coming up right after we talk about a live wrestling. Attention wrestling fans, the place to be each and every Tuesday is on the Coastal Championship Wrestling YouTube channel where a new episode of CCW, a live wrestling, drops at 7 p.m. Witness the hard-hitting, high-flying action that is synonymous with the longest-running independent wrestling promotion in the southeastern United States. Subscribe today, and don't you dare miss it. 
So anyone that follows your career or your social media or uh, Gangrel's social media for that matter knows that you're constantly raising funds for epilepsy and it's something that you have firsthand experience with. And I wondered if you would share your story regarding epilepsy. Of course, yeah. Um, if you were to ask me that a couple of years ago, I definitely would not. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad it's now. <laughs> <laughs> right? um, no, um, so I was diagnosed with epilepsy and anxiety at the age of six. Um, it's mainly mainly epilepsy. I'm, my mom's not even really sure why they diagnosed anxiety. I guess it was at the time, maybe. But I was diagnosed at six when I had an episode. But I believe it's just because I've had it since birth and they discovered it, which is a lot of the cases. Um, I had in 2012, I had a total of three brain surgeries, which wow. was it was it was just supposed to be a two step procedure. But I believe they they nicked something and I bled a little more than they were anticipating and they went in for another one. But after that, I was seizure free for a whole year, which was nice. But after that year, they came back. Um, they came back and I just, we've tried over 50 different medications. We tried uh, acupuncture, which was known to help, uh, medical marijuana as well, but all of those things didn't seem to cooperate with my body. And we said, like, F it. Like, let's just go for another surgery and see if it works this time. Uh, I went in and they saw that all the, um, all the scar tissue, which causes the seizures, was on my right side, which affects my left side. So they, it was in a spot that controls my motor, my motor like function. So they weren't able to take it out because if they took it out, I would not be able to like function on that side. So they put in a neural pace, which is basically a pacemaker that is on my brain and the battery is on my skull. Wow. So yeah, it's crazy technology <laughs> um but i'm great i'm grateful for that and that has probably helped the most um so uh, yeah i still have the neural pace and um basically what it does is anytime that my brain uh feels a seizure coming on it stops it doesn't stop it but it it like it controls it to where my body doesn't feel it okay so that's what's helped the most. And because of that, I've been able to get off a couple medications. But that's that's about it so far. And now, now I've been probably the most, the, the best controlled than, than ever, pretty much. But it's definitely been, been a long road to get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we can't gloss over the fact that these are brain surgeries. What's the recovery like on something like that? Um, I remember the 2012 one, the, it was just, I just woke up with a huge, huge headache and just hating life at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, like at that time, like I was 12 and I was just, 
I wouldn't support anything epilepsy related. I hated my doctors. I didn't, I despised seeing the color, color purple. Uh, I wouldn't go to like any walks or fundraisers for it. I just, I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, but yeah, the recovery for that, I don't remember how long it was, but it was not fun. Like I just stayed home all day and that, 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 was, yeah. that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> but. So how can people help? All you can do to really help is just don't donate to any, like I, I like to partner with Epilepsy Florida because they're a great organization. They're who I started with when I lived in Miami because that's what, where they're based out of. Um, just donating like, like somebody is out there having a seizure right now. Like any dollar you give to any epilepsy organization is helping find cures, find services to make life easier for people living with epilepsy. And just even just like posting something like, like an epilepsy fact, because it's very, it's very like, unco not uncommon. It's just, it's to, to a lot of people, it's unheard of. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But that's and why I try to I try to spread as much as I can with my organization as well and try and collect any funds I can to to um, have events where people can have a good time, learn a little, learn something and donate whatever you can. It's amazing that, you know, here I am talking to a woman who had three brain surgeries at the age of 12, followed by more afterwards. And yeah, she's a professional wrestler. She's, you know, beating people up and getting beat up and stuff like that. It, you wouldn't think that those two things would be compatible, but I guess, uh, you know, your journey proves otherwise. Yeah, to a certain extent, they're compatible. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I just, I, there was a point where I got very, very upset and very depressed where I didn't want to acknowledge anything and I just didn't want to follow through with any any passion that I had but at a certain point I was just like it's not going anywhere I can only control what I can so I'm gonna keep doing what I what I want to do and then and then what I can control I'll control what I can't I'll just learn to live with so I just I just stick by that every day and try to keep pushing forward absolutely well, so uh, bringing it back towards the wrestling stuff, I actually want to talk about um, fanging and banging for a second. So aside aside from the grind of wrestling, you also have a big role on fanging and banging with Gangrel. So talk about doing that podcast and you know what how that how that came about and and how you kind of got involved. Well, maybe you brought so, it to him. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I did not actually. So it was the producer's idea that went to Gangrel. And at the time, he was working with a different co host that for some reason didn't continue with it. And he was like, would you, would you mind trying this out for me? It's a lot easier when I have somebody to bounce ideas off of. And I was like, Ugh. like I was su <laughs> super nervous super timid to do it because I'm I'm not a talker like like even by my in-ring work I do not really speak a lot I just like 
it's just expressions in my face. Mm -hmm. So I was very nervous to do it. Like, like I probably wouldn't like podcasts is like something new that I'm doing like right here, mm -hmm. but he convinced me to do it. And ever since then, I've just continued to do it with them. And it, I enjoy it because it's, it's very cool to, to hear like the different topics that like he wants to talk about and my opinions on it and the producer Raymond's ideas as well. So every week it's something new. Sure. And, and it's nice. I know you talk about things that you're doing and, and stuff and he, he always brings that stuff up. So he's, so it's a, it's very good give and take. So of course. Yeah, yeah. And people, so people can see how often does Fang and the Bang come out? It comes out once a week on, mm -hmm. uh, they, they don't, we film them on Tuesday, but they come out either day of or a couple days after. Gotcha. But he always, I always post it. I believe Gangra always posts it as well. But yeah, it's F and it's F and B on any social media. So yeah, and you, I enjoy you know, it. It's on, you know, YouTube, any of the you know your spot, your podcast yeah. providers, any of those places definitely can yeah. can check that out. Let's talk about Valentina Rossi for a moment now. So okay. she is your opponent at this weekend's breakout show. Uh, she's worked AEW Dark a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. uh, what does a victory over Valentina Rossi do for Anna Diaz's resume? I feel like it would add a little something. I feel like it would add a little. I, th I feel like it would add a little fire under me. Like, hmm, like this because I've I've never been on AEW Dark. She's more of a more of a name than I am. But I feel like it would definitely be an interesting match because I've never I've never worked her before. So I I I'm curious to see the contrasts of styles because I definitely don't have a a similar style to many female wrestlers. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it'll definitely, definitely push me and give me like a little fire to be like, yeah, I can do, I may not be like going where you're going or where you've been, but I can if I wanted to. Yeah. What's your message for her? her my message. Hmm. She's never met a woman quite like me nobody has and you will end up in a sleeper hold like all of them do nice <laughs> in the nicest way possible <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh for or for uh the purposes of orienting people who may not have had the privilege of encountering you before can you point to a specific match that's on youtube or anywhere that people should go check out um, I have I have a uh, a couple like like a handful of good matches with uh, on YouTube with Kylan King, um, and I and I've worked the TCW uh, Thunder Championship Wrestling that is owned by Cahagas, and I have a, a good match with Sofia and a good match uh, Sofia Castillo, and I have a pretty good match uh, that I really like with Marina Tucker, so good. those were definitely fun. All right. And where can people connect with you on social media? Social media, all my social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff is Miss Anna Diaz, M-S Anna Diaz. All right, well, perfect. So do come out to Breakout 12, May 21st, Pompano Beach, Florida. Tickets available at 
Coastal Championship Wrestling FL to see Miss Anna Diaz wrestle Valentina Rossi and to see if she gets that sleeper hold in. I definitely will. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. It was fun. Absolutely. Well, that's our show. Thanks so much to Anna Diaz, who was a great guest. Remember, she'll be facing Valentina Rossi this weekend at CCW Breakout 12. Tickets are available at CoastalChampionshipWrestlingFL.com. Drop us a comment on who else you would like to see on this show. Follow us on social media. I'm Minutes to Bell Time on Facebook and Instagram and Minutes to Bell Time on Twitter. Be sure to watch a live wrestling every Tuesday on the CCW YouTube channel and follow Coastal Championship Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next week. You have been watching CCW Insider, produced by Minutes to Bell Time in association with Coastal Championship Wrestling.